man. Come on, can you give it up for the Lord? Yes. Um, hey, so if you're new to the Bridge Church, my name is Chris Davenport, and I get to be the pastor here at the Bridge Church. And man, we are a church that, one, loves God. Like, we are on fire for God. We love to celebrate God, because uh, God has done so much good stuff in our life. He's provided for me. He has loved on me, cared for me. Uh, he helps me lead uh, my family, and, and we, just, we just love God here. And, and not only that, we are a church that loves people. So we care for people the way that God cares for people. We love people the way that God loves people. And we want to connect and we want to bring people to freedom, purpose, and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is the only one that can give you freedom for your life. And so if you're here today at church and you just feel weighed down by something, like you feel like you're in chains or in a bondage, I want you to know that Jesus is the only one that can give you freedom. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't have a purpose for my life. Like, there's no purpose. I don't have a purpose. I don't know what God has called me to do. Um, We want you to know that Jesus is the only one that can give you a purpose. And when you're really living out that purpose in your life, that is where you will find fulfillment. Amen? Amen. So when you walked in today, you would have got a, or received a connect card. If you have your connect card, can you throw those in the air? Like, can I see those? Can you wave them in the air like you, yeah, no, yeah. (laughs) Listen, that's the song. Okay, so um, on those Connect cards, uh, that's just one of the many ways for us to get connected to you. And so you would just fill out that Connect card, give us as many information as you want to give. And at the end of service, when the offering bucket comes in, you would just drop that into the offering bucket. If you're a guest today, uh, we have a welcome home new here tent for you to receive a gift. And so if you're a guest, it's a free gift. You just drop that um, Connect card in the bucket, and then you go to the offering or the the welcome home tent and new here table, and you just uh, receive that gift. Hey, y'all, today Connect Group starts. Hey, can I get a hand clap for that? Like, yes! Yes! Like, if you're um, looking somewhere to get plugged in or you just want to be disciple, you want to grow in your relationship in Christ, we always encourage to join a Connect Group. Right now we have three Connect Groups and we're doing a a church-wide study uh, on the series The Chosen. And so I'm super excited about that. And basically what you can do is in the hallway we have our Connect Group booth. And so you can go there and uh, sign up for whatever Connect Group or whatever um, leader leader's house that you would like to go to. Um, I'm leading a connect group, uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. But I can't have everybody in my house, okay? So uh, you can choose those other connect groups, too, that maybe you live closer to or or maybe you want to get to know some more people um, at the church. Uh, We just finished up our essentials classes. Can I get a hand clap for that, too? Um, So if you're new to the Bridge Church, you don't know what essentials is. Essentials is just one of the ways that we teach people or show people how to really grow in their relationship with Christ. And so um, maybe you're here today at church. You're like, man, I really want to know how to grow in my relationship. I want to know what that that looks like. I want to become more of a disciple maker uh, because we said there's different steps to that. And so if you're like, man, I want to become more of a disciple maker, I want to join essentials class. Those happen the first and second week of every month. Um, And so basically we've we've had already two people that have graduated from our essentials class. And um, um, I just want to give a a huge shout out to them. Their name's going to appear on the screen here. Uh, but Rachel Conrad, can we clap it up for her? Like, let's go. Let's go. Yep. And then the second person is Linda Everett. Can we clap it up for her? Yes. 
So our first two graduates, man, I feel like I should have wore like a, a cap and gown and y'all could have came, I could shake your hand, anyway, sorry. Um, and then uh, last but not least, uh, our church is going through a fast, right? So we're doing a church-wide fast. And so we're just, we're giving up things um, that we just want to have just these clear eyes to see what the Lord sees, to give us a vision for, uh, for the entire year. And so um, during those things, when, when you're giving up something, we, our church has created something called a fan list, which is friends, associates, and, and neighbors. And so we just want to be extremely intentional on sharing Jesus with those people. Like it's not a number game for us. It's that, man, we just believe that Jesus is the only one that can give freedom, purpose, and fulfillment. And so we're like, man, we want to we be intentional on sharing Christ to people um, because that's our purpose, right? God has designed us, has purposed uh, us for that. And so um, we had, we made like this go and make board that's in a bag that you, you've written your, or that person's name on one of those ping pong balls and you dropped it in there and then you're intentionally praying for that person during your fast, right? Like during the times that you're fasting, you're intentionally praying for that. And so we have 21 days left and it's not too late to fast. So if you haven't fasted yet, like, hey, you can start today and do that. Um, but I'm excited, y'all. Like, I'm excited for our church. I'm excited for the direction uh, that our church is going. We just want to be um, followers of Jesus. We always want to follow Jesus. We want to hear from him and for him to give us a clear eyes to what he wants to do for our life. Hey, can I pray with us before we get started in this message? Are y'all excited about this message? I've been excited for this series, Make Today Count. Like every day I've been thinking like, okay, how can I make today count? But let me pray and then we'll get into uh, the sermon. Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, everything you've done for us. God, you're such a good God. Even when we're not good, you're good. You're faithful and you're loving and you're kind. You're, you're a giver. God, you're so generous. Or that, you, that you would even give us um, uh, or help us and mold us to look more and more like you. Lord, as you begin to do that in our lives, I pray uh, that we begin to do that in other people's lives. That we'll teach them your ways. We'll teach them your commands. We'll help people to experience and find freedom and purpose and fulfillment for their life. God, you've called us to go and make. And so, God, I pray that we will honor that that we will just continue to lead people to you. God, I pray that you speak through me as you always do. Guide me in this message. And I pray that hearts are softened, that they'll be willing and ready to accept a king like you. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Make today count. Make today count. You will never get it back. Um, what does that really mean, like making today count? Well, as, as Christians, we believe that God has called us to be followers of him. Um, we believe that he has called us to be disciples of him, that we are called to be disciple makers. And that is really where we're going to find true fulfillment in Jesus. We believe like that's our purpose in life is to be his disciple. So if you're in this room and you're like, um, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in Jesus, like um, your next step is just to be a disciple, like you are a disciple 
disciple in Christ. And so maybe you're here at church today and you're like, what is a disciple? You know, like, what does that really mean? Like, I know I see that in scripture, like Jesus had 12 disciples. Like, what is that? Well, a disciple is someone, number one, that abides in Jesus. And so you can write that down in your notes if you came in today. A disciple is someone that abides in Jesus. It's someone that remains in Jesus that their hope is in Jesus, that they are consumed by Jesus, they're fueled by Jesus, they, they follow Jesus, they're listening to Jesus, they're resting in Jesus, they are trusting in Jesus. I think this is really why like, um, we say amen after we pray, um, because it's to say, God, whatever it is, like whatever you decide, whatever you, whatever you want to do with this prayer, I'm going to trust you in all of those things, like you are praying to him. That's what it means to abide in Jesus. Like you're daily praying to him. You're having a strong communication with him. It's a relationship that you're having with him. Like could you imagine like if um, I, have a, I have a relationship with my wife, right? Like we are, we are very, very close. But could you imagine if like I never spoke to her? Right? Like I never communicated with her. Like she comes in the house, get done work and don't say anything. We go to bed, don't say anything. Right? Like, that's not a true relationship. It wouldn't be a true relationship, right? And so Jesus wants you to have a true and genuine relationship with him where you're actually communicating with him, abiding in him. You're reading his word. You're not taking for granted his word. That's what it looks like to abide in him. And that's what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. The second thing is you're making Jesus the Lord of your life. That's what it means to be a disciple. You're abiding in Jesus and you're making him the Lord of your life, meaning he rules over you, that Jesus is your king, that Jesus reigns supreme in your life, that he is in control, that everything and everybody takes a back seat to Jesus. You are surrendering yourself to him and to him alone. He is the king of your life. He is the Lord of your life. That's what it looks like to be a disciple, to abide in him and to make him the Lord of your life. And this third thing is to live on mission with Jesus. It is to live on mission with Jesus. Somebody say live on mission. mission. Somebody say with Jesus. Jesus. It's not alone. You don't do that alone. You're not alone when you're living on mission with him. You're not abandoned. You're comforted. You're supported. God will lift you up when you're on mission. He gives you the strength and wisdom for you to be on mission. And you're on mission, meaning you're helping others to abide in Christ. And you're helping others to uh, find Jesus so that Jesus can be the Lord of their life. That's what it means for us to be on mission. That's what it means for us to be disciple makers, that, that we are disciples in every aspect in life, every aspect. So you take work, right? You're a disciple at work. Whatever you're doing, you're a disciple. So at work, you're abiding in Jesus. At work, you're making him Lord of your life. At work, you are on mission helping people to abide in Jesus and make them the Lord of their life. So whatever that job is, you can be a teacher, you're a disciple. You can be a doctor, you're a disciple. You can be a nurse, you're a disciple. You are a disciple of Christ. He gives you the abilities to be able to serve him and to let people know who he is. But let me be honest with you. Like, let me keep it real with you for a second. Everyone, you may not be a disciple of Jesus, but everyone is a disciple of something. Like everyone is led by something or someone. 
So if you are not abiding in Jesus and abiding in everything else in this world, it's going to lead you to death. If there is something else that is having control over your life, that is the Lord over your life, those things will lead you to death. So maybe you're here today and it's pornography that reigns in your life, that is in control of your life, that you have surrendered your life to. Can I just say that that's just momentary satisfaction and that will lead you to death. Maybe it's drugs in your life. Maybe you've surrendered your life to drugs. Maybe that's what's in control of your life. Can I just tell you that that is momentary satisfaction and that will lead to death. Drunkenness. It's momentary satisfaction and will lead to death. Work. It's momentary satisfaction that will lead to death. And that is not what we're created for. That we're created to be disciples of God. And that it's not all about us, but it's all about him. And so the question becomes, what is discipling you right now? What have you surrendered yourself to right now? So today, I wanted to put it in perspective so that everyone could see. And so I have this table, and um, Jason is going to come. Can everybody give a hand clap to Jason? He's he's my my model uh, right here. And I wanted to put this into perspective because I think there, honestly, there are stages to this. Like, you don't just wake up one day and become an intentional disciple maker, which is what we want to get to. But there are different stages to it. And so, honestly, the first stage is this, um, an unbeliever. So Jason right now is sitting in an unbeliever chair. Unbelievers are usually proud, right? They're, They're arrogant. They think they know it all. They only rely and and trust on themselves like life becomes more and more about them. They become distant in life, like not not just distant from family, but distant from God. They separate themselves from him. They rather live a life that only pleases themselves. Um, They they may do a few things in serving in the community, but it all is all about them. They enjoy their fixing of, of, of just loving the world and inviting others to love it too. And so can I just say, I can say all these things because I've been in that chair. Y'all like, I've lived that life. And I also want to say like, that life needs a savior. That life needs a redeemer to redeem you from your filth and to free you from your baggage. And can I say, even when you're in this chair, Jesus pursues you. See, this table is to symbolize God's grace that everyone is invited to. God's love, God's forgiveness, God's love, God's hope, God's joy, God's peace, God's salvation. This is the church. Everyone is invited to this. But the unbeliever will act in a way as he don't want to be there. And Jesus pursues you. He writes you letters, hence his word. He gives you flowers, hence his disciple makers. He invites you to the table where you will find true satisfaction in your life. But unbelievers will see this table and they will begin to push it away. And say, I don't want it. They begin to not want it any longer. And if I'm honest with you, it's, it's kind of like my daughter, right? Like, man, I will spend time after time slaving in the kitchen, getting this food ready and prepared for her. And she gets to that table and she's like, I don't, I don't want that. 
You know, like, have you ever experienced that? Like, you've cooked for them, like, you don't cook separately for them, but you cook the meal for them, ready for them to eat, and they're like, I want McDonald's fries. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I have this awesome meal for you to eat, and you want McDonald's fries? Like, that's what believers begin to do. Like, God will give you so much more than this, just this happy meal that's really not good for you. And a lot of times they will bring Skittles to the table or they'll bring honey buns and, and Swiss rolls or, or Fig Newton bars rather than taking what God has for them. And all you have to do is just be willing to receive it and you could eat at the table. You're invited, but you just have to be willing to eat. And then the next step uh, or the next chair is the follower of Christ chair. Like, this is an amazing chair. Like, I love this chair. This is uh, a, a really, really good chair. This is you're, you're following Christ. Like, all of your hope is, is in Christ. Like, you want to live a life to, to look like Christ, and you get to indulge. Like, you get to get to have all this food. Like, his, his grace, man, as you're eating that, his grace, you're like, mm, it's so good for me. Like, his forgiveness is so good. Like, his, his faithfulness. Some of y'all are like, man, I want some of that mac and cheese. His, his faithfulness is so good. And you, you desire what he desires. Like, you're following him. You're, you're watching him. You're learning from him. You're being prepared to be used by God. Like, that's what that table's meant for, or that seat is meant for. You're like, you're like a baby that just continues to eat because you're continuing to eat from God. You're continuing to, to learn from him. And then you grow into the servant of Jesus Christ, which is what we want to talk about today. Hey, can y'all give it up for Jason? Man, he's a great actor. I'll tell you what, can we put him on a bumper? <laughs> Come on. Um, so today we're talking about being a servant of Christ and what that looks like. And a servant of Christ, that is that third chair uh, that we just want to talk about. So if you would, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. If you don't own a Bible, I want you to know that's okay. We are a giving church. We really are. Like, we're really generous. In fact, we have free Bibles at our welcome home tent, and we would love for you to take one. Now, if you have a Bible and you don't really know how to navigate through that, that's okay. Luke chapter 5 is in the New Testament. And the way that you find that is there is a table of contents in your Bible, and it gives the Old Testament and New Testament. And Luke chapter 5, you will find that in the New Testament as we look at verses 1 through 11. Luke 5, 1 through 11. Um, your big idea, we love to give big ideas at the Bridge Church, and so if you want to write this down, your big idea is this. It's not about me. It's not about me. Can someone say it's not about me? Not about me. Man, serving the Lord is not about me. It's not about me. Let's look at it. Verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Y'all, I love reading this. Even just the first verse, it just excites me. Like I'm reminded that if we are going to truly be servants of Christ, we need people to serve. That we should have people surrounding around us. And it's not just church folks. Right? Like, it's not just people that attend church. Jesus wasn't surrounded by just his disciples. Can I get an amen to that? Like, he wasn't just surrounded by his disciples, but he was surrounded by people who, who lived in sin. 
And Jesus came with a message of reconciliation. So he needed people around him that needed to have reconciliation, that needed to be reconciled back to the Father, that needed to be redeemed again. So Jesus would preach a message that would say this, repent and be baptized. Jesus didn't sugarcoat anything. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He called it the way he saw it. And the first thing I think about is the Samaritan woman, which we're going to talk about this uh, in a couple of months. But the Samaritan woman is a, a woman that was at a well, and Jesus approaches her, and he's like, hey, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. And then he's like, you're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the person that you're with is not your husband. See, Jesus doesn't sugarcoat anything. Like, he calls it the way he sees it. He's honest, and yet... He has people surrounded by him or surrounded around him listening, which makes me think this. Number one, I want you to write this down. God only asks us to serve him, and he does the rest. God only says to serve him, and he does the rest. God only wants you to go and make, and he does everything else. He's the one that's going to surround you with people, but you just can't sit still, complacent, and not do anything. You have to go, and he's going to surround you. See, a lot of times, we begin to make excuses. Earlier, I talked about Moses. Moses started making excuses before he actually became a leader, and I think we do that too. Like, we make excuses. What if my feelings get hurt? What if, I, what if I catch COVID? Can I be honest with you for a second? That can be a possibility. Like that can truly be a possibility. Here's the deal. Americanized Christianity has lost its boldness. Just be real with you. Like it has lost its boldness. Like back in the day when diseases would hit, you know who was first on the line? Servants of Christ. Believers, Christians, when people needed a place to stay, you know who was there? Followers of Christ, servants, disciples, Christians. When babies needed to be adopted, you know who were there? Christians, disciples, followers of Christ, servants of Christ. When schools needed to be built, who was there? Servants of Christ, Christians, believers, followers of him. Because God has called us to serve him. And when doing those things, broken people will surround themselves around you to be healed by Jesus through serving him. So let's not make an excuse when it comes to serving God. Like, what if the disciples would have made an excuse? Because they had something bigger there. Like, they could have been, they were persecuted. Like, there was a chance for them to be thrown in prison and have their heads chopped off. And so I'm sure this brought a lot of fear, but it did not keep them from serving the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us the gospel spread when this happened. So can I just say, like, like COVID-19 has become our new way of persecution. That has caused a lot of fear, but it shouldn't keep you from serving the Lord. Right. It shouldn't keep you from sharing the gospel. That in this modern-day persecution, I find that there are less Christians sharing the gospel, less Christians serving the Lord. But the Bridge Church, we will not be that way. Of course we will get sick. Of course we may die. But God wasn't unaware of those things when he asked you to serve him. He wasn't unaware of those things. And that's why he's always said, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. 
and I will be with you always. And so here's a question. Like, let me ask you this. Would you rather catch COVID from serving the Lord or, or, or from working at your job? Because if I'm real with you, I have a lot of people that's like, man, I'm not, I'm not ready to serve the Lord. Like, I'm not going to serve the Lord. But they, they are at work every single day. They're like, I'm not going to work for the Lord, but I'm going to go work at my job. Like, what is that? Like, God has called you to serve him. He's the one that's going to provide for you. If you're going to work at your job, serve the Lord at your job. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather catch COVID from serving the Lord or shopping? Like you find a lot of people in the malls today and they're not serving the Lord. They're like, I don't, I don't got time for that. I don't, got a t- I don't have time to, to make myself look presentable in front of God. But I'm going to look good for my baby daddy though, you know. I'm going to look good for my baby mama. I'm going to look good for my spouse. But I'm not going to look good for God. What is that? Like, would you rather catch COVID from serving the Lord or just sitting at home and not doing anything? If you have surrendered your life to Christ, you become a servant of his and you desire to serve him. So don't allow a disease to keep you from being a bridge in this community where we get to connect people to freedom, purpose and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. That's why our doors are open, y'all. That's why our doors are open. It's not the building, but there's something about worshiping and serving our Lord and Savior amongst other believers and inviting unbelievers, non-Christians in these doors so they can know him. So will you serve him or will you just make an excuse? Let's not make excuses. Verse two, he saw, he saw, or what does that say? He saw, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to, to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Verse 5. Simon answered, Master. Um, as he says this, this is a, a term of endearment. Um, he maybe said this out of, out of kindness because we know Simon is not a disciple yet. He hasn't surrendered his, his life to Jesus yet. He isn't abiding in Jesus yet. And he says, uh, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the net. One of the things I find interest, uh, interesting to me is that Jesus chooses to use to use Simon, who, whose name is changed to Peter, um, uh, as an example as he's talking to people in the audience. Like he didn't plan it out. Like none of this was planned. Like none of this was planned. Like how this is planned. But it, I find it super interesting that like as he's teaching this crowd, he has he has told Simon to place his net this way and this way so that he could teach the crowd who he is, that he really is God. And, and then he goes into, he's like, we've worked hard. Simon's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, I've worked hard all night and I haven't called anything, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. And I think sometimes we don't understand what God is doing in our life, but we should just do. Like, there's a lot of times that we don't understand what's going on in our life, what he is doing, what he has called us to do, how he has shown us that we need to serve. We should just do. A part of abiding in Jesus is to just trust him. He doesn't need our excuses. He just needs us to do. 
But because sometimes that our, our three-pound brains don't see or comprehend it, it keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. And the example that I think of is like a, like a baby. Like their, their mind's not fully developed yet. They don't quite understand what's going on. But if they were to drink something underneath the sink, that would not be good for them. But now you as an adult, you know that if you see a baby about to drink something under the sink, what do you do? No, 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 don't do that. Because you know. Or like if, if a baby that's by the pool, like it just it doesn't have that mindset. It doesn't know that if it just jumps in the pool, something is going to happen. But you as an adult, when you see a baby that's ready to just jump in the pool, you're like, no, stop, don't, don't do that. Sometimes when we're serving the Lord, you're like, I don't know why you've called me to this, but you should just do. Like our brains may not be able to comprehend what God is calling us to do, but we just got to just, just do. And then maybe it's later on in life, he shows us why he called us to that. Just like a baby and how you're grown up now. Verse six. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Like, I just, I can't imagine this, right? Like, you think of, you think of Simon Peter, he's just thrown out his net. He probably doesn't really believe the Lord, right? He's like, there's no way. Like, we've literally been here all night. And I'm pretty sure I've dropped my net on this side of the boat already. And you tell me to do this. And then all of a sudden, when they just do it, a large number of nets or a large number of fish just begin to start breaking the, the net. And it says, so they signaled their partners. Like, can you just, just think of the excitement that's going on right now? Like, y'all look, like my, my boat, my net. Hey, can y'all come help me? It's like they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Like, how awesome is that? Like, they've been out there all night, but as soon as Jesus comes to the scene, like, now their boats are about to sink because how much fish they have. In verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter saw this, this is key, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Peter finally got it. He finally understood it. Number two, serving the Lord isn't about us. Serving the Lord isn't about us. See, see, Peter didn't go bragging about how much fish he caught. Like he didn't, he wasn't like, oh, look at all this fish that I got. Like this is, this is my fish. I earned this fish. I was up all night and I knew that this was the time that they, the fish were going to be ready. Like he didn't do any of that. Like he went straight to the Lord. He wasn't bragging about what he caught. He ran straight to the Lord about what God just did through him. So your gifts and your talents don't become about you. It's about Jesus making an impact through you, that you are a vessel to bridge people to freedom, purpose, and fulfillment, and God will put you in places for that to happen. God will give you the ability for that to happen. He will give you the gifts to serve him. So wherever you're working, he's putting you in a place where you will have an opportunity to serve him. Wherever you have signed up to serve in the church, it's not serving me or it's not serving the church, but it's serving the Lord at the bridge. And the bridge church honestly just gets blessed because you're serving. Therefore, let me say this. When I signed up to serve the Lord, 
Like I'm speaking like in life. When I signed up to serve the Lord, I didn't say that I was going to be a pastor or, or any kind of preacher. Like I didn't go to college for that. I didn't think God was going to ask me to do something like that. But because God has called me to be the pastor of the Bridge Church, he gives me this this strength and this confidence and this ability to serve him. Only if you would have known me before I would have became a pastor. Like when he called me to this, I had no confidence. Like I was scared to lead communion. (laughs) Like I didn't want to do it. But I knew that if God has called me to it, that is what I'm going to do. So if, if God called me to be a teacher... Can I just say it's not about me, that it's about him. He would give me the gifts and the opportunities to connect people to him. If God has called me to be a custodian, like it's not about me, but God is going to give me the gifts and the opportunities to connect people to him. If he calls me to be a dentist or a doctor or a construction worker, it's not about me. It's because I am serving him. So listen to me, when you make serving about you, you find yourself in a consumer chair. You find yourself in the consumer chair or the complacent chair when it's it's about you. So this is what happens. You get betrayed at a church or you get hurt at another church. And if you find yourself staying in that church, you find yourself in that chair and you carry around this hurt this angry face, this pouting face, and you don't eat, and you don't serve, and you don't put in no work. You're kind of just following. But over the time, you get super religious. And if you begin to ask questions like, why are they changing this? Why are they changing that? Why the rugs got to change? Why are we moving to a different building? Why are we having church inside of a school? You become religious, and you find yourself in this complacent chair and becomes, I ain't serving. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to complain the entire time, and you you cause trouble, and you cause things awkward, and it's just not good. And not only are you not serving, but because you've become so much about yourself, you're barely following the Lord. We don't want you in that consumer chair. We don't want you in that complacent chair. Let's say that you've been hurt somewhere and you begin to leave and you go to another church without that hurt being fixed. You know where you sit? In the complacent chair. In the comfortable chair. And it becomes a lack of trust. It becomes I'm not serving no more because I just got hurt somewhere else. God didn't hurt you. Let me say that. God did not hurt you. And you are serving the Lord, not people. And so some of you have gifts and talents, but you find yourself comfortable. When you have this amazing gift to serve, not only the bridge church, but also the kingdom. And so the second thing is not not serving because that's not where you want to use your certain gift that God has given you. Like, 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 there are people that are like, man, I'm not serving at this church because they're not going to use my gift the way that I want them to use my gift. Like, like, how fair is that? And it's because you made it about you. You made your gifts about you. So instead, you just take your ball and you go home and you don't serve at all. You don't even find yourself at the table anymore. You find yourself away from the table. At your complacent chair that's at your house, and you're hurting everyone else that is around you. And and it's also because hurt people hurt people. Your gifts are not about you. 
It's about him. So the question becomes, how do I strive? How do I thrive in this in this chair that is supposed to serve Christ? Verse nine tells us for he and all his companions, they were just astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boat up on shore, left everything, and they followed him. Number three, we use our gifts to fish for people. We use our gifts to fish for people. That's outside the church. Outside the church, you're just connecting people to Jesus. You're serving inside the church because you're connecting people to Jesus. So believers, how are you doing that today? How are you connecting people to Jesus today? How are you doing that at your jobs? Like, how are you doing that away from the church? And then how are you doing that in the church? So maybe you're here today, you're a follower of Christ, you're a believer, and you're like, man, okay, so, so how do I serve? Like, what places can I serve the Lord? Well, can we get your Connect card out again? And, and we don't have to wave it. But on the back of that Connect card, it gives you different places to where you can serve and use your gifts and talents to serve the Lord. Because that's what we want to do here at the Bridge, at the Bridge Church. We want you to take your first step by getting connected and being a part of our go team and to help people find freedom, purpose, fulfillment in Jesus Christ, even here at the church. And if you're not a believer, everything in this world, everything else in this world, it's not worth following. You can't allow that to disciple you. Because one day, all those things are going to fade away. And it's going to leave you hopeless. It's going to leave you without joy. It's not going to truly satisfy in your life. But Jesus will do that. So make today count. Make today count by giving your life to Jesus. And respond in what verse 8 says. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. Like, can you just imagine this? Like this man that he knows that he's guilty, that he's fallen, that he's depraved, that he's a sinner. And then you have God just there. He's not, God doesn't distance himself from him. Like how crazy is that? A God that is holy, a God that is righteous, a God that is true, a God that is perfect, a God that has done no wrong. He's a king in the midst of peasants. And he invites them to follow him. Like, that amazes me. And so maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. You're not a follower of Jesus. You're not a disciple of Christ. Step away from that chair and become a follower. And eat. (laughs) He wants you to eat from him, his word, and, and learn and grow. He's like, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. He realized at that moment he needed a savior. And we all do. Have you realized that today? Because nothing else will satisfy. Only Jesus. So pull up and eat. Let's pray. God, 
We don't deserve you. We don't deserve to, to serve you. And you've asked us to come to the table. Like you want us at the table. Because you have something better for us than this world has to offer. Something so much better than the world has to offer. That this place should just be be treated like a hotel. That it's not our home. We're just just visiting. And we're trying to connect people to you so that they can have a, a home that is full of eternity. That's in heaven. So as the Bridge Church is here, God, help us to be your servant. Help us to not get complacent. Help us to not be so so comfortable. But help us to be disciples. Help us to be servants of you. God, I pray that you give us the strength. That you give us the wisdom and that you give us the knowledge to serve you. And if there are people in this room that are not Christians, you're not a follower of Jesus, and you're like, man, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life, and I don't really know how to do that. Can I just say this? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved. And so with all eyes closed and heads bowed, like if that's you today that's, that's not a Christian, could you, just, could you just lift up your hand? Could you just raise your hand? Maybe you're looking for the words to say. And so quietly you would say something like this. I'm a sinner. And God, I need you. I've heard a message where you have died on the cross for me. And resurrected from the grave. And so I hear and now want to abide in you. I here and now want to make you the Lord of my life. And I here and now want to be on mission with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.